Hi, it's me, Brad Watson, from the Saturate team. Uh, Today's episode is with me talking with Preston Perry. He's a spoken word poet. He's a disciple maker. He's a husband. He's a dad. Uh, He's currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, He's someone I deeply admire for his boldness and grace and his ability to speak the gospel into everyday circumstances, but also really big picture things. And so uh, we're going to talk to him about one of his poems called The New Woke Christian. If you haven't seen that, you should definitely go check it out. You can go to YouTube and see it. It's a seven minute spoken word piece. It's brilliant. And it's also this episode, we're going to be talking about that, like social justice within the church, within America, and like how do we... Uh, see that through the lens of the gospel as one of the primary things happening in our culture. How do you see the gospel as a solution to all that stuff? So really great conversation. Uh, I'm excited to, to share that with you all. Uh, also just want to point out a few other resources that we've got going on with the, the website right now. So at saturatetheworld.com, we've got a new resource on gospel fluency outlines to help you get started if you want to preach through uh, this idea of gospel fluency, speaking the truths of Jesus in everyday life, the outlines are basically kind of a starter fuel to create a, a sermon that you'll have to fill out. So it's not full sermon manuscripts or anything like that, but it will help you get started and know how to how to track and uh, develop a, an eight-week sermon series on gospel fluency. So it's really, really practical, helpful, really beneficial even in light of what this episode talks about. So I just want to let you know about that, and then we can dive into this episode. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Uh, Preston, welcome back to the Saturate podcast. It's great to have you back. What's up, Brad? Man, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor. It's an honor. One of the reasons I'm excited to have you back on is uh, I saw last night uh, on Instagram that you saw LeBron James up close and personal at the Atlanta Hawks game. Yes, I did, man. <laughs> How was that? Because I've never been like jealous of you at any point. You know, like I like it's like, hey, there's a gifted guy. He loves Jesus. Like, that's so great. You know, he does. God lets him do all these things. That's so awesome. That's so good for him. But then when I was like, oh, my gosh, he's like on row five watching LeBron. Yeah, you 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 estimated right. We, we actually were on roll five. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, man, it was great, man. Um, to be honest with you, man, uh, it was just it was a it was a gift actually. So that's cool. A friend of mine, his name is Joseph Solomon. He did the PIA tour with me. Yeah, he uh after the tour, he was like, man, I got a surprise for you. He was like, you know, some people hooked this up, hooked you know me and this guy that I stay with with some with some really dope tickets and I want to take you to, to the Lakers game with me. And I was like, really? So man, I didn't pay a dime for that. <laughs> That's for that so ticket. Great. It was, it was a blessing from, from, from God, man. The ticket also came with like this exclusive area that we can go to like underground where we can get like free food and drinks. And yeah, we can see like the players walk through the tunnel and. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great, man. But seeing LeBron up close and personal, I didn't realize that he was that big. That's what everyone says. Yeah, like on TV. 
like you 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 clearly like knows like clearly know like he's a he's a big guy right um but he he played the Atlanta he was in Atlanta so he played the Atlanta Hawks and I've seen Vince Carter before and I I remember being in awe how how tall and, and big Vince Carter was and Vince Carter was standing next to LeBron James and LeBron <laughs> James kind of like was ten times bigger than this dude I'm like he's like he's literally like a linebacker that plays basketball like it's, that's <laughs> it's so crazy. amazing. Yeah, so just to see just to see that amount of that that amount of muscle, speed, um, talent, it was it was great, man, to see up close and personal. So yeah, oh, I was awesome when I was last night. That's so cool. Unfortunately, the Lakers didn't win. I know most of the people listening to this don't care, but the Lakers <laughs> lost to the Hawks. Yeah, man. To a That's team so that's kind of like ten games out of the playoffs, yeah, man. Like <laughs> LeBron James, LeBron James had twenty eight points, I believe, like fifteen assists, twelve rebounds, and they yeah. still lost because they they team. I mean, Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, they just couldn't hit a shot to save their life. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's the pain of us yeah. Laker fans. So I was, I became a Laker fan when I was ten years old, and I started playing basketball. And I was bigger than everybody else. I was like on a small stage like Shaquille O'Neal. And I became such a huge Laker fan. And most of my life, it's been really easy being a Laker fan and loving the Lakers. And then we moved to L.A. And then LeBron decided to follow us here, which was great. And uh, <laughs> it's actually been a painful season of like high expectations, low rewards. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I am a LeBron's fan. So I, I yeah. guess I am a Lakers fan by default. Right, because right. where LeBron goes, I'm going to be a fan of that team. Because I'm a fan of LeBron. I became a Le- LeBron fan when I just, you know, I learned about his story and just mm-hmm. his story was kind of similar to mine. His upbringing was kind of similar, similar to mine, and the fact that he overcame like so much adversity and being raised in a single single parent home and um, living yeah. up to all the hype, exceeding all the hype, totally really inspired me. Yeah, yeah. Man, so I'm a LeBron fan, man. He was on the. Sports Illustrated when he was like 15, 16 yes. years old as like yes. the chosen, like the new one, like the chosen one. Yeah. You've also had, you know, players that came out of high school that had an extreme amount of hype. And some of them totally. kind of lived up to, to their hype, but no one ex- exceeded the hype. I think he was the totally. most high, high school player of all time. He exceeded it. So that's just, yeah. you know, just really impressive to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I like him a lot. Even I always get like, like teary when I watch him with his kids and stuff, it's pretty lame. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, yeah. got to do something with my Instagram time. He's a good role model, man. You know, he's he's been in the he's been in the league he's been in the league like sixteen years. He never had any scandals. Always celebrates his wife, his children. Um, talks about social justice. <laughs> totally. You know, I, I love LeBron. Yeah, man, you served up a great segue right there because he is he is. Uh, as far as like professional athletes at that level, like he's the greatest basketball player, yes. I think of all time and huge merchandising, like commercial impact way beyond basketball. And he's never Absolutely. been afraid of speaking out for justice, uh, which is super yes. rare. You know, like nobody else always. does that in any other sport. Yeah, always. That's, that's, that's what I've always been encouraged by because he has so much to lose. Um, mm-hmm. But you know he 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 uses his platform to speak up against you know uh, a lot of the injustices that we that we see in this country, which in a lot of ways have has made him a role model 
to a lot of people who care nothing about basketball. You know, right. it's just rare. You know, I grew up I grew up in Chicago and of course I'm a I'm a Bulls fan and I'm biased to the greatest of all time conversations. <laughs> but but as far as on and off the court, I respect LeBron James way more than any other player that has ever played the game because of how he uses his platform to speak up against um, those less fortunate or those who are treated um, poorly. So yeah. yeah, respect for that, like for real. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he is one of a kind. And, and I think that, yeah, that does kind of transition into what I wanted to have you on again to talk about was your poetry, uh, specifically your poem, New Woke Christian, uh, which yeah. people can go on YouTube and search for that. It'll pop up. Uh, really yeah. powerful, like seven minute poem. But one of the things I, I love about it, it's, it's about justice and how we engage with it as Christians. But yeah. one of the things I love about it, first off, is just how you take something that's so personal, painful, cultural, also controversial mm. and challenging, but then you bring like the gospel to bear in it. And it's actually something yeah. super common that you do in your poetry. And that's something that we try to teach people how to do all the time. But but how are, how do you do that? How do you weave in like these things that are so, seem so weighty, yet you bring the gospel into it? Yeah, man. Um, every time I write a poem, I always ask myself a question. I always ask myself, what do I want people to leave walking away with? You know, what, what, do, I, hmm. what, I, what do I want people to, to leave with? I think as an artist who is a Christian, I, I want to talk about issues that affect our society, our world, our culture, but I want to give a solution. Mm. And as a Christian, my, from my worldview, God is the the answer to, to everything. Mm. I think that I think it's a mixture of seeking Him, truly trying to hear the voice of the Lord, or search His scriptures to see how His Word has, you know, spoken to this. Because I don't think there's anything that goes on in our culture, in our world. That we cannot, mm-hmm. that we can't find answers for, you know, in the in the Word of God. So that's what I try to do. You know, I grew up listening to hip hop, um, a lot of conscious rap, and one of the things that when I became a Christian, I saw that that type of music didn't do for me. It what it did do for me. One, it was it it helped me in in some cases because it was good for people to talk about things that that I can relate to, or um, to talk mm-hmm. about things that. I associated with, but when I turned the music off, I had no answer. Like mm-hmm. I had, I had, I had, I had no nobody to tell me. Okay, now that we've complained about the issue, what like how do we, <laughs> how do we, how how do how do we get to a solution? Like what is what is the mm-hmm. solution? And the 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 truth is, we live in a broken and a, and a fallen world, right? That needs to be reconciled. And uh, so when I talk about injustice, man, I I want I want people from all angles to see, man. Whether you you're the the one who is on this side of the injustice or, or justice or, or on this side, Jesus is the answer. Mm. And so that's just my that's my goal with all art. We should always point back to how we can help people, and I think the best way to help people is Jesus. Yeah, and that's so like yeah evident in what you do, and I think yeah whenever yeah social justice gets brought up it seems like such a lightning rod i mean i don't know what the internet would do without or the christian internet would do (laughs) without that you know yeah there there wouldn't be much of it i guess because it seems like that's what we always want to talk about but like as you're just saying like regardless of what sides you are on or what perspectives you bring the gospel is the the answer to to whatever problem you're bringing to it 
Yeah. I wonder if you, yeah. Could you just like flesh that out a little bit? Like, yeah. Like how does that look? Yeah. So for my, my poem, New World Christian, for example, one of the things that I wanted to, to point out um, for people who, um, who complain about, you know, a lot of the injustices that happen in, in, in our country, I wanted to, to show them that um, God has not forgotten about those who are oppressed. God has not forgotten about um, those who are mistreated. Hmm. And not only that, uh, but God cares for these, like uh, cares deeply for these, for, for these people. And I wanted mm-hmm. to show people that, that we don't, we don't serve a God who, who doesn't see those who are, who are mistreated, or those who are mistreated unjustly. We, we see a God who he himself he was <laughs> he came to this earth and he was treated poorly right um but he also received the justice that we deserved right he did he like he deserved mm. death when, when we deserved death right he came to take the full punishment of the father's wrath on our behalf so we we know we serve a god who knows what it feels like to be treated poorly and because mm-hmm. of that we we should seek him in the midst of that so i think that's kind of what it looks like when it, from a gospel perspective it's like Seeing injustice through the through, through the lens of God and understanding that He cares and He and He, and he mourns and He and he, he weeps for us as well. So, yeah, I was even uh, I was reading today a book on culture. The author said the cross is the culmination of all the broken culture in our world. Like yeah. He takes on yeah. every device that we've ever created. Like the cross is like every shooting, every torture chamber, every like all of it, like the cross, like Jesus bears all of that, which I think is, yeah. man, it's, it's hard to be confronted in a situation where you have to look to Jesus that way, but it's also like the only way also to look yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. And when I think about all these things that happen, these, all these unjust things, right. You think about all the, 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 the victims that we've ever really, um, that we, that we've seen throughout the history of humanity. Right. Um, mm-hmm. think about bad situations like the Holocaust and, and horrible things that God will one day like bring full justice from. But Jesus, he was the only person who, who was perfect. Like not only did Jesus did, did not deserve to be killed, right? Uh, or to be treated poorly. Jesus, because he was, a, he was the only one that was born into this world and who remained perfect. Jesus didn't, he didn't deserve to die at all. Like, mm-hmm. He didn't deserve to die at 180 years old with the son, you know, falling on his face and all of his family members around his bedside. He didn't even deserve that death. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he, he, he came to, to die a perfect death, I mean, to, to die death. And because he was perfect and he was the only one that was perfect enough to, to live a life that we can live and to die a death that we can die so that we can have life past the grave. So just understanding what Jesus went through mm-hmm. and understanding that that's the God we serve in the midst of our, um, and justice, um, I, I think, um, is what I want to try to communicate through my art. Yeah. And, you know, another theme that I've heard you talk about as well is I think there's like people that are look at all the injustice going on and they think, man, God clearly just doesn't care about me or hmm. doesn't care about people like me, you know, or doesn't yeah. care about this world or this situation. Yeah. What do you say to to people that are that are living there? Yeah, man. So to go back to the New World Christian poem, the reason why I wrote New World Christian is because when a lot of the injustices start to happen in 
in this country, like when Trayvon Martin was killed and Mike mm-hmm. Brown was killed and um, things like that. I had a lot of friends who, a lot of black friends, uh, particularly who were in the faith and who walked away from the faith because they felt like Christianity wasn't the answer for them. They felt like the God of the scriptures wasn't the answer for them. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart because I think what, sadly, what we have allowed is we have we have allowed America to speak for God. Right? We have mm. allowed uh, we have allowed Twitter and Instagram and the things around us to to speak on behalf of God. But when we search the scriptures, we see that God is not a God who 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 is who doesn't care about the oppressed. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we just that we just don't see that. So in, in the poem, one of the things I said, um, trying to encourage the, the 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 black Christian who's discouraged or who's who has questions. Um, about does God really care about me? Uh, one of the lines that I said was, um, "Ain't no way you can't tell me God don't see us when He sits on the throne that high." You know, can't tell me if we cry for help, He won't teach us how to fight up at the same time. You know, and I said Fox News can't convince me that God doesn't care about the the guy who who died with uh, wearing a hoodie or, or or you know, and all of these things like. You can't tell me that God doesn't care about these people because when I look in the scriptures, when we look in yeah. the scriptures, we see a God who's deeply concerned about the uh, the people who are treated unjustly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I try to just point people to to Jesus because I think society does a good job of, of pointing people away from Jesus. You know, um, uh, we we look at this country, we look at the the, the scope of this country, and say, you know, um, these people on CNN they claim to be Christians, but look how they're 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 treating Mike Brown, and it, mm-hmm. you, you kind of lose sight of what God has actually said in His Word. So right. I think we have to just be be committed to the Scriptures because they're true, and we have to believe the truth, right? Um, so yeah, that's what I, I try to do. I try to point people back to the Word of God consistently. Yeah, which is yeah, so so good and so true, and yeah, so I'm. A, a white privileged male in America. And yeah, I come from a long line of sleeping Christians, like old sleeping Christians, I guess would be like the other way. And I think what's so impactful to me is like what you were just saying is like true for like so many people who want to bury their head in the sand at injustice because they're saying like, man, I don't believe that God cares about people either, you know? And like at the end of the day, it's also like, man, God doesn't care about me. I've got to take care of myself. And yeah, Yeah. those people have their problems. That's cool. But I just want to keep things the way I want them. You know, like I just want to keep my life the same way it's always been Yeah, because God's not looking out for me either. Yeah. I think that's why justice is such a lightning rod because we all come to it with like that same basic practical atheism, you know, of like mm. we're all on our own here, but we just yeah. come from different angles. And it's so the the truth of the gospel is the only answer. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's the only answer. And that's what I try to, and that's what I think that as Christians, we, and especially in this sensitive time when we have so many injustices and so and so much, you know, um, that 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 happens in the news that I think it just sparks so much resentment and uh, discomfort in the life of of fellow believers mm-hmm. and unbelievers. I think that we should 
yeah, we should try to do a diligent job of securing people of of, of the word God, like letting them know, like, no, this is what the word says about, um, you know, those who are treated poorly. And this is how God cares about it. Yeah. yeah. So I think the theology of it all makes tons of sense. I think for a lot of us, it's hard. Like, how do we walk this line of like seeking justice practically in the world? Like tangibly, how do we pursue justice and hold the gospel at the same time? You know, because I think a lot of people will tell you like, hey, if you're going to go down this road of like seeking justice, you clearly don't believe the gospel. It gets really, I don't know, kind of confusing. So like, what wisdom do you have for that? Yeah. Yeah, I think as Christians, we should we should always know that justice issues, social justice issues, they are gospel issues. I think mm. I think I think it starts to get fuzzy when we try to separate the two, mm-hmm. because um, what the gospel is, like I said before, is God getting justice. Right. Mm-hmm. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that was like that was God, you know, wrath being vindicated because of the sin that committed that that was committed right so when we think about these 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 social justice issues we have to know that god cares about it mm-hmm. like god doesn't see these issues and say you know what this is a social justice issue that i care about apart from my gospel no it it it, it is a, a gospel issue if it's if it's on the heart of god i think it should be on the heart of his children Mm-hmm. And I think that if we don't care about these issues or if we if we think that they're different or we can look on CNN and say, you know what, well, this this is a world problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big issue. Right. Uh, because um, it, when when anybody who is made in the image of God is treated like they're not made in the Imago Day, Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're not made in God. Christians, the, the ones who represent him, should be the first representatives of those who who speak out against it and speak up for it right because that's yeah. god's heart god has always you know cared about the the poor and the widow and the immigrant right those who are less fortunate so i think that if we if we really want to be christians um and really want to you know um, um like live like jesus we have to have that same heart and right. know that these are gospel issues uh, they're not separate yeah that's been such a yeah, long history of trying to separate like the truth about God with how we live. Like it seems like we've been trying to yeah. separate those things for a really long time. Even like separate yeah. theology from the mission of God. Like, yeah, this is what we believe about God, but like mission of God's a whole different realm. What we're supposed to do is a different <laughs> environment altogether, instead of like, no, like the gospel saves us, keeps us, sends us, empowers us. Mm motivates us like it does it does all of it you know um the gospel even leads people to run for political office or join the department of defense and create art and you know start schools like all of this the gospel is like that compelling uh it's not just like this silo if the gospel is not for all of life then i think you're right like when we separate it we get it gets confusing and hard that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> funny that you 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 brought up the um, even inspired people to run for political office because I was just reading a story about the, the the burial of Jesus and how um, you know in in that time when people were you know killed on the cross they were considered a curse and how 
you know, after they was taken off the cross, the people who died on the cross would just be thrown into this pile. Um, and the Romans wouldn't allow the, the, the Jews or anybody who was killed on the cross to, to receive a proper burial. Hmm. And in comes this man, right, who who was one of the most powerful political people of his time, who was in the the, the, the council, right? He was um, uh, one of the, the 71 men who uh, came up with, with the council, this man named Joseph of Arimathea, who had this great political status, but Jesus used him to like bury him mm-hmm. in his tomb. Yeah. Right. He, he he went to Pontius Pilate and had the courage to like ask for the body of Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And took the body of Jesus and buried Jesus in a, in a, in a new tomb. Right. Because he didn't deserve to, to be thrown in a pile mm-hmm. with, you know, and people who were cursed. And I think that like, that's just a prime example of that. Like God, God uses people in, in political spaces yeah. um, for his glory as well. So if we, if we think that God can't use these things, if we look at CNN and say, you know what, I'm just going to stay away from these things. That's not true, right? Because God use, you, you can use, you know, politicians and people to, to bring justice to his body and to his kingdom as well. Uh, that story really blessed me. I read it last week. It really, it really blessed me a lot. Yeah, that's man. I haven't. I've never thought about that. And even if, yeah. yeah, if he wasn't there in that position, and humble and following Jesus, like, yeah, that kind of changes Easter. You know, it's like even I think apologetically yeah. too. You know, it's like that's one of the most powerful points. Is like, well, the tomb was empty and it was this huge stone, and like there are these Roman guards, like. No one stole that body, but if Jesus was thrown in this pile heap, you know, like almost as if like yes. his body is lost, you know, and yeah, yes. that's really powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a really powerful story, man. He was he was a, a member of the council of the Sanhedrin, yeah, uh, of the council, whatever, and yeah, he 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 used his political position to 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 have courage and actually hmm. the body of Jesus. And I was like, wow, like this is amazing how God kind of orchestrated that. So it's amazing, like. The New Testament's really filled with that, you know, like even the the Ethiopian eunuch is like on his way to the palace uh, because he's like mm-hmm. an official with the queen or yeah. like centurions, like these police people, basically, and Roman guards and generals and like hmm. entrepreneurs, like uh, men and women that like yeah. had all these roles in society and and really like changed the culture of uh at least european culture to be like it's like why sundays are off days you know it's like why we have a weekend it's why yeah when we see injustice it makes us all uh uncomfortable you know it's like when we see children that are being separated from their families it makes us all hurt because we've been given this christian view of like yeah that's wrong and in a weird and just bizarre way man in God's providence and in his sovereignty he, he used all of those people at the end to to, to help bring per- perfect justice mm-hmm. <laughs> to himself and, and to the world and I think God will continue to do that in the life of, of, of his people yeah so that's really good uh, one final question is like how do we care for people in the midst like like the news comes across the screen of another massive injustice, like mm. another lost life, another terrible thing. Like how do we care for one another amidst like the pain, but also like the injustice? Yeah. Um, 
I can just tell you some of the, the, the complaints that I've heard from people being a traveling artist and being on the road and hmm. talking to a lot of my black brothers and sisters who uh, were kind of fed up with the, with the church and in the West and all of that. I've, I've heard complaints about of how, you know, a day after Trayvon Martin is killed, I go to church and nobody mentions it. Mm. Nobody, nobody talks about it. And that that's one of the things that I wanted to bring out in the poem too. It's like I wanted to, I wanted to really just let people know, like I I know it hurts, like when when we go to church and and nobody is 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 talking about these, like nobody yeah. nobody mourns with us after Bible study, right? <laughs> you know, like I I know I I know we had a schedule hmm. of, of what we wanted to teach on, but something happened last night that might not affect you directly, but it affects that black young man who's sitting in the pew. Yeah. How do you embrace him? Hmm. I know that everybody cannot relate to everything that happens personally, right? Um, but we can we can mourn with those who mourn. Yeah. Um, and we can cry with those who cry. And we can just be an ear. We can listen. Um, I um, I was a part of a, a show. Uh, I think it was in Ohio. It was a, a predominantly white church, but it, it had a, a quite a few, you know, African-American people in there. And um, they did something that I respected a whole lot, allowed their African-American brothers and sisters in the church to sit down and just talk hmm. to the to the congregation about um, how they feel and, and, and what they go through, and their emotions. And they cry with one another and they hmm. listen to one another. And I, I said to myself, I was like, this is what it means to be the church. Yeah. Absolutely. This is this is what it means. It, 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 it's not just diversity um, mm-hmm. because of skin color, right? But it's diversity because you have black, white, rich, poor, all uh, empathizing with one another and what we go through, right? Mm. We celebrate each other' diversities, but we also mourn with each other in our differences and our different struggles and our different and in in the different ways that we struggle, right? And I think, yeah, I just think that we have to do a better job of listening. Yeah like truly listening to one another. Uh, we have to do a better job of creating safe spaces where people will not be offended uh, before they truly hear, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I think that happens a lot. It's like we, we can't talk about these things because we're so offended, but we don't need, we're offended without even truly understanding someone's, someone's perspective or how somebody, uh, what, what they face in this country. So I think, yeah. yeah, it's just listening and creating safe spaces for people to be able to allow their voices to be heard and to just love one another well. I think that's the the key. Yeah, that's so, so simple and so powerful. And I like what yeah. you said is like, man, that's true diversity. Because I think that's yeah a true body of Christ with all these different members, you know, like different parts of the body yeah. functioning together would mean like, yeah, that we would stop and listen to one another. And and I think that the church generally does a good job. Like if someone has cancer or if someone like loses a loved one or after, you know, huge things like 9-11 or, you know, that sort of stuff. But we we normally kind of like draw the line whenever it's anything Mm -hmm. that could in any possibly way touch like political differences. Yes, that's so true. But, But it's like there's some deep, obvious, realistic pain, you know, of like that would require like, man, let's like sit down and talk about that and let me like hear how you're doing. Yeah. 
Definitely. That's so good. That's good stuff, Brad. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Preston. Uh, Yeah, man, thanks so much for for joining the podcast again. uh, I'm going to find another reason to have you back on. I just love chatting with you. It's real good. Yeah, you know I love chatting with you, man. I'm always always be available for you, Brad. Awesome. This is dope. We're doing you're doing some great work for the for the body of Christ. So I applaud you, my brother. Thank you, and you as well. You're doing awesome stuff. Hope you uh, you guys get a house and get more and more settled in Atlanta. Yes. Hopefully, the next time you see LeBron play, he wins. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see him win win next year uh, a whole lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I think you're right. Next year will be a good year. But uh, thanks, man. Hope you have a have a great week. Yeah, and we'll talk again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city, as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.